So it's Friday night, 6 p.m. You're tuned into my show. It's called Louie Live, and I'm your host, Louie, and we are definitely live. I hope you got a good stereo. You're going to want to turn this up for Mr. John Mellencamp with a song called Pink Houses.
that was John Cougar Mellencamp with a song called Pink Houses. Once again, it's Friday night, 6 p.m. You're tuned in to WBTV LP 99.3 FM, Burlington, Vermont, located down here in Flint Avenue. Next week is the launching of the South Burlington Art Hop. And I'm encouraging everybody to come down next Friday night. Take a tour of the Media Factory. We're on Flint Avenue, across the New City Market. Don't go across the railroad tracks. Take a right into the driveway. We're down on the end of the building. We're hosting a lot of artwork showcased on the walls throughout the building from a lot of local artists. Like I said, Pine Street is usually blocked off over the course of the weekend, I believe. And a lot of artists are displaying their work. They have the farmer's market on Pine Street. It's a good thing to go to. Way to end up the summer. My show is a music and talk radio show. I play a lot of classic rock. Talk about local issues and uh, we see on the social media around the nation and uh, I talk about things around the world, whatever you happen to see. Try to keep it light. Even when we get into politics, I tell people to keep in mind that it doesn't really affect you or me who the President of the United States is, Republican or Democrat, because most of the time it's the people in your home state, the local politicians, that are sticking it to us, aren't they? Vermont, they're always looking to raise your property tax. They're trying to slap a carbon tax on fossil fuels. About a dollar a gallon from what I'm hearing. And if that becomes reality, then gasoline in Vermont will probably be more expensive than California. And the cost of rents in Vermont are similar to the price of rents in California. People say how expensive it is to live in California. Well, folks, it's also expensive to live in Vermont. And it's not the people in Washington, D.C. doing to that, folks. It's the people right here where you live. So it's an independent point of view, and it's my independent point of view. Like I said, I try to keep it light. You try to find some good in the news nowadays, but there's not a lot of that out there. It's too bad. You know, the media is focused basically on getting rid of the president of the United States. And a lot of things that the president does, whether it's Obama or George W. Bush or President Donald Trump, things have to get passed through the House, which is controlled by the Democrats right now. And then it has to pass through the Senate, which is controlled by the Republicans right now. And then it has to end up on the president's desk, 
which happens to be Donald Trump right now, Republican, who most of his life was a Democrat. So to me, he seems more like an independent. But like I said, folks, either the president, regardless of who it is, signs these bills into law, or he vetoes them. But most of the time, it's the people in the local government that are trying to raise the price of your gasoline and your home heating fuels with carbon taxes. And they're the ones that know you folks. They're the ones that know if you can afford to pay a carbon tax on home heating fuels or gas the pump. And they know that a lot of people can't. But they go ahead and they try to pass this carbon tax anyhow. But like I say, I read political stories on the show. And I just tell people, don't blame it on the president all the time. Regardless of who it is, Republican or Democrat. Because these presidents are in probably the most elite group in the world. There's only five or six of them that are still alive. And they're not going to testify against one another. A lot of times you can turn on the news, and there's all the presidents posing with one another, taking pictures, and they're out eating lunch together, and they're out playing golf together. And in general, they're all out having a good time together while the people are arguing amongst each other against who the worst president is. So I just tell people, I hope you realize that. And don't disown some of your friends or relatives because of their political affiliation. Just keep that in mind, folks. Especially now because the holidays are coming up around the corner. So we'll start the show with this article right here. It's kind of a funny one. It says, a man's truck is stolen while he was robbing a store across the street, the police say. And after reporting his truck stolen, a Washington man was arrested because investigators determined he had been inside a store robbing it during the theft. Not making this up, folks. This is for real. So the guy's name is uh, William Kelly, 42, reported his Chevrolet pickup truck had been stolen past Sunday morning. According to a report from Kennewick Police Department, William Kelly said he had left his keys on the front seat while looking for a nearby bathroom. An identified man on a 10-speed bicycle rode up to the truck discovered Kelly's keys, put his bike in the bed of the truck, and drove away. Can you imagine that? So Kelly told police he had been at the tavern Saturday night and went home with friends, leaving the truck there. But upon watching a surveillance video from the tavern, investigators determined that that was not the case. Instead, police say Kelly arrived at the location at 5.30 a.m., he is accused of then going into the business across the street from the tavern 
to burglarize it. While he was inside allegedly stealing items, his truck was stolen because he left his keys on the front seat of the truck. And that was all caught on surveillance cameras. So William Kelly was arrested on an outstanding warrant and booked with a new charge of burglary. And the identity of the car thief is unknown to this day. And Kelly's truck has not been located. (laughs) That's a good one, isn't it? You're robbing a place and somebody's stealing your truck because you were dumb enough to leave the keys on the front seat. Sounds like this man has too much faith in society to be leaving his keys on the front seat of the vehicle. This is an interesting article right here. It's from New Hampshire. It says a batch of mosquitoes in Manchester has tested positive for the West Nile virus. That's not good. The Department of Health and Human Services said the batch of mosquitoes was collected August 21st. The department is working with the city's health department to notify residents of Manchester and those in surrounding towns. West Nile virus was first identified in New Hampshire in the year 2000, which is 19 years ago. And it can be transmitted to humans from the bite of an infected mosquito. It's like I say, folks, mosquitoes are basically just flying syringes. They can spread a lot of diseases and probably even turn diseases into totally new diseases. I'd like to see some surveys on that. So it says symptoms include muscle aches, headaches, and fatigue. And Dr. Benjamin Chan, the state epidemiologist, said the risk of infection will increase from now until there is a statewide mosquito killing frost. Which is right around the corner up here in Vermont. But that was over in Hampshire. So then, the very next story, it says, the New Hampshire Department of Health and Human Services says it found the eastern equine virus in a horse in Northwood. The department said this past Wednesday, this is the first finding of the mosquito transmitted virus in a horse this year through a mosquito batch from the Pelham tested positive for EEE two weeks ago. The risk level for the town of Norwood will be increased to high and the surrounding towns of Barnstead, Barrington, Deerfield, Epton, Nottingham, Pittsfield, and Stratford will increase from low to moderate. So for that town, Northwood, the security level's been raised to high, but the surrounding towns, low to medium. Well, mosquitoes can fly to surrounding towns pretty quickly, folks, so I would definitely be on a high lookout if I was living in one of those surrounding towns. It says since 2004, there have been 15 human infections of Tripoli virus identified in New Hampshire. The last human case of Tripoli virus in the state was in 2014, when there were three cases 
There have been no Tripoli infections identified yet this season in humans. Well, hopefully it'll remain that way. Because, as they said, the frost is right around the corner. And that'll wipe out most of these mosquitoes that are carrying this Tripoli virus. So like I say, folks, mosquitoes are basically flying syringes. And there's a lot of diseases coming back to the United States through people migrating to the United States, whether legally or illegally. People want to do something for the sake of national security. As I've always said, encourage everyone whether they're here legally or illegally, to get their vaccination shots. A lot of diseases coming back in the United States that haven't been here in the last 50 years, like whooping cough, tuberculosis, typhoid. You know, these diseases are spreading throughout California throughout Los Angeles because a lot of people are living homeless in the streets. A lot of diseases are spreading through these homeless encampments and it's all over California. A Democrat-controlled state. Regardless of your political standing, people should contact the politicians of California. And they should be very concerned about these diseases such as typhoid, tuberculosis. Haven't heard malaria yet, but it's probably there also. You have to think of yourself and your children. You know, something like this, any of these diseases could take off right across the United States. And what control would we have? How many people would die? People need to be looking out for their fellow man, if you know what I'm saying. Put all your political differences aside and think about one another and your children. Scary world out there. I'm going to go to a song. This right here song by Aerosmith and it's called Woman of the World
All right, that was Aerosmith, the greatest band of all times, with a song called Woman of the World. They were just playing down in Massachusetts. We have some friends that went down and they said it was incredible as always. They didn't think that Steve Tyler, being as old as he is, would be able to hit some of those high notes, but they did. And he was amazed. Steve Tyler, I think he's probably just going to be singing all of his life and drop dead right on the stage someday. That's probably his dream. Mick Jagger, they were talking one time and uh, they were saying that music is basically their life. They could walk down the street and go into a store. And they're just kind of looking around at things and one of them will have some little song stuck in their head that they've been working on and they'll just start singing it in public and then the other ones will jump in and actually be given a little concert inside of a store, which is pretty neat. But it's basically who they are and what they'll always be. Mick Jagger, he just had heart surgery. Within a few months, he's right back out on tour. You know, one of these days, he'll probably drop dead right on stage somewhere, but it's probably just the way they all want it. Brian Johnson, lead singer of ACDC. They had to literally throw him out of the band because he lost most of his hearing. But they're saying now that I guess they're working on an album. and He might be going back out on tour with them. And he's like 69 years old. I mean, these guys, when they go out on stage, ACDC or... Guns N' Roses, Rolling Stones, Aerosmith. In their minds, they're probably 18 years old again. And God only knows they've been singing the same song since they were 18 years old. Maybe they're all stuck in time. Which is a good thing in my opinion because they don't really make music anymore. They make some good country music. There's some good rap music. But pretty much all the rest, like they play on these local stations, is bubblegum music, as I call it. Doesn't require a lot of talent. And some of these artists will give interviews and they'll brag how, well, I wrote this song in about 15 minutes, went into the recording studio, sang it the first time, and walked out the door, called it a rap. Well, that's not really music. Maybe to the millennials, but not to the people who listen to classic rock. Thank God for classic rock, huh? Otherwise, I wouldn't have anything to listen to. So, I saw this article right here. It says uh, Vice President Mike Pence. He's been known for vacationing in Vermont. And they're saying that uh, his Vermont vacation is back on again. So President Trump announced this past Thursday that he will remain in the United States this weekend to monitor Hurricane Dorian. 
to ensure that all resources of the federal government are focused on the arriving storm. I have decided to send our Vice President Mike Pence to Poland this weekend in my place, the President said. Well, that's good. These guys are sticking around. The President is anyhow. It looked like that would mean Pence's uh, plans to the weekend getaway in Vermont were off, but now it appears he's just come earlier than was first planned. So apparently, Vice President Mike Pence arrived in Vermont this morning at 10.30 a.m. Originally, the nation's second-in-command planned to fly into Burlington Friday afternoon, and he was supposed to stay through Sunday. He says, uh, we don't know yet if the Poland trip will cut his Vermont stay short. He says, last year, Vice President Mike Pence also spent Labor Day weekend at a fishing lodge on Lake Hortania, which is a beautiful place in Vermont, if you ever get a chance to go. They need vacations too, once in a while. And Vermont's a good place to vacation. I would think that resort would be, have to be a nice place for the Vice President of the United States to stay. I would think that it would have to be a five-star resort. But then again, you never know. Vice President Mike Pence, he seems like a down-to-earth type of guy. I'm sure he doesn't always require that they stay in five-star resorts. He's probably outdoors most of the time anyhow. Hopefully you don't get bit up by one of those Triple E virus mosquitoes. Wouldn't want to wish that on anybody. This article is in the news right here. James Comey, former head of the FBI, violated FBI policies and handling of the memos. Documenting private conversations with President Donald Trump, the Justice Department's Inspector General, former FBI Director James Comey, speaks to reporters on Capitol Hill in Washington this past Monday. He says, after a second closed-door interview with two Republican-led committees investigating what they say was bias at the Justice Department before the 2016 presidential election. So it says, the watchdog office said Comey broke bureau rules by giving one memo containing unclassified information to a friend with instructions to share the contents with the reporter. Comey also failed to return his memos to the FBI. Hmm after he was dismissed in May of 2017. So this guy is released from the FBI, fired, and he's still holding on to secret documents. That's not good. Says James Comey set a dangerous example for the over 35,000 current FBI employees. He most definitely did, folks. And the many thousands more former FBI employees who similarly have access to or knowledge of non-public information, the report said. The report is the second in as many years to criticize Comey's actions as FBI director following a separate 
Inspector General rebuked for decisions made during the investigation into Hillary Clinton's use of a private email server. <coughs> Says it is one of the multiple Inspector General's investigations undertaken in the last three years into the decision and actions of Comey and other FBI leaders. Yeah, it was a pretty dirty thing what he did. He took these documents, they claiming they were unclassified, but pretty much everything the FBI does, folks, whether it's classified or unclassified, is knowledge that they shouldn't be passing around with the public. So he gives the information to one of his friends who is a reporter who leaks these unclassified documents to the evil media. An underhanded thing to do. If former head of the FBI, James Comey, was questioning what he was doing to be legal or illegal, there's no doubt in his mind that what he was doing wasn't illegal, then why did he hand this information over to a friend of his to leak to the media? He wanted to distance himself from this information that he should have turned back over to the FBI after he was fired. This guy is like the textbook definition of a dirty cop, folks. And he should have been indicted, he should be prosecuted, and he should be locked up in prison for the sake of national security. Because when he gave this information to his friend to leak to the media, he was putting national security in jeopardy. And the reason he did this was an attempt to unseat the President of the United States of America, the most powerful person in the world. Like I said, this James Comey is the textbook definition of dirty cop, definitely. But he also signed three of the four FISA warrants without even research in any of the information. And hopefully he's going to be prosecuted for this down the road. Him and a lot of his dirty friends at the FBI and the Department of Justice. This is the highest form of treason there is, folks. And you know it and I know it that if our founding fathers were here to this day, they would hang these treasonous people on the front lawn of the White House for the sake of national security. Most definitely. We all know that for a fact. So, that was switching over to national news. <laughs> Where do you go from that, right? I sat here from day one saying that there is a coup d'etat attempt 
to unseat the President of the United States of America. The Democrats were unhappy because they lost the presidential election. And I said that the powers that be were not going to let Bernie Sanders be the President of the United States. He's an old man, never accomplished anything in his political career except for the renaming of two libraries. That's a shame, isn't it? All the money that we paid him and his administration over the last 30 some odd years, and that's all he accomplished was the renaming of two libraries. And then, Hillary wasn't going to be the President of the United States because she's about as crooked as they come. And they've been trying to put her in prison since the 70s. They should have put her in a prison in the 70s, her and Bill. You know, you talk about rigged elections. How is it possible that there's about close to 20 candidates on the Republican stage running for the President of the United States. Jeb Bush. People thought he was a shoo-in. Mitt Romney. Ted Cruz. John McCain. Pat Buchanan. All those guys have run for President time after time after time. Any one of those people should have been able to beat Donald Trump for the nomination. Some people think the presidential elections or all the elections are rigged. Maybe so. Maybe that's the only way that Donald Trump became the nominee for the Republican Party. Maybe the Republican candidates were all paid off to take a dive so that Hillary would definitely win the election this time. Because the last time she ran for president, she ran against an unknown senator named Barack Obama, who had never accomplished anything either except for writing a book in his first term of office. <laughs> you know, Hillary should have been a shoo-in, but she got beat out by Barack Obama. So then you figure the next time around, she's got to find somebody that's even easier to beat. So she runs against Bernie Sanders. Everybody knows Bernie got the nomination stolen from him. I said right here on day one that Bernie wasn't in it to become president. He was only in it to take the heat off of Hillary and get some retirement money, which he exactly proved me right. So she gets the nomination because we all know that she gave $20 million to the DNC to steal the nomination right from Bernie. So then... You have to make sure that she's running against a Republican 
that is surely, surely, surely going to lose. Is she going to beat Ted Cruz? Probably not. Would she have beaten Jeb Bush? Definitely not. Would she have beaten Mitt Romney? No, I don't think so. But people would definitely think that she would beat Donald Trump, a person with no political experience, a person that never held a political office in his life. She would definitely win that election, wouldn't you think? So was the election rigged that the Republicans all handed the nomination over to Donald Trump? You could think that. But like I said, folks, I think due to the fact that Barack Obama has done so many insane things like give billions and billions and billions of dollars to Iran, for instance. Our founding fathers would definitely hang him on the front lawn of the White House for doing that alone. But I think the powers of B said, Bernie's definitely not going to be the president. There's no way in hell that Hillary's going to be the president. So I think Obama and his cronies made an agreement with Donald Trump that you will become the president of the United States. And I will walk away into the sunset. If necessary, he will go to Iran where he sent these billions and billions and billions of dollars if it ever hits the fan. He would go to Iran and they would not extradite him back here to the United States to be prosecuted for treason. And he would have hundreds of billions of dollars to spend with his Muslim Brotherhood friends, right? Because that's how he refers to them, his Muslim Brotherhood even wrote in his book, Obama did, that if push comes to shove, he would stand with his Muslim brotherhood. How could anybody that was the president of the United States say that? Treason to the highest, isn't it? Treason to the highest. So... Here's Donald Trump, President of the United States. Obama walks away scot-free and clear. Nobody's being prosecuted. Not even James Comey. But, like I said, you have a new Attorney General. He's investigating things. You have investigators investigating the investigators. That's reality, folks. And it's all coming down the line. And the noose is tightening around the coop 
that was trying to unseat the President of the United States. And as I say, as hard as you want to support the Democrats in political office, their constituents are going to come to the reality within the next year or so that they've been being fed a bunch of lies over the years. But you have to spoon feed it to them a little bit at a time, folks. You can't just hand them these investigations all at once because they'll just be in denial. So you have to feed them this information a little bit at a time. And they'll come to realize that there's no way that they can support the Democrat Party any longer. Because the Democrat Party right now, folks, in the year 2019 is pretty much dead. We've all seen how the ratings are on CNN News Channel. Nobody watches them. And everything that comes out of their mouth on air is a proven lie. There's a tipping point. People are going to say, I can no longer support the Democrat Party. And the Democrats know that, folks. Because they have the third debate coming up. There are certain criteria that the candidates have to meet. You know, for instance, they have to be polling in the surveys as if they're getting more than 2% of the vote. And the majority of them aren't. Certain criteria that they have to meet. We're seeing that Gillibrand, she just dropped out. A few other ones are dropping out. The most of them are going to be forced out. So we're probably going to end up with maybe Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders, Booker, he's not going to get into it. Cory Booker, I don't think he's going to be in the third debate. If he does, it's going to be very close. The same thing with Beta O'Rourke. I mean, those guys... Their campaigns are done. You know, they're pulling like probably 1% of the vote, if that. You might as well just cash it in, folks. You know, like I say, you've got so many people running on the Democrat ticket trying to seek the nomination. Basically, how I see it is they represent the crime world. They obviously represent the crime world. Everybody knows, and there's no denying it, that they put illegal immigrants ahead of United States citizens. Nobody can defend the fact that they do put illegal immigrants ahead of their constituents. Isn't that amazing? It's hard to even put your head around that. And it's like they don't even care. And people are realizing that they can no longer support the Democrat Party. So what do they do? 
they're really shoving socialism down people's throats. And they're promising you the world. You know, Bernie Sanders goes around promising people free college education. While his wife was running Burlington College into the ground. That's right. She was the president of Burlington College. Ran it into the ground. Doors are closed, folks. Doesn't exist anymore. That takes a lot of guts to be standing on stage promising people free college education while your wife is the president of Burlington College in Vermont. And she ran the place into the ground and closed the doors. That's hard to believe, isn't it? I'm not making this stuff up, folks. Now they're promising free health care. It's going to cost $16 trillion or so, they're saying. But even Joe Biden at the last Democrat debate, he confronted Kamala Harris and he told her that her Medicare for all health plan would cost about $40 trillion, not $16 trillion. Joe Biden said on the stage at the Democrat debate in front of the world that this money, this $40 trillion, would be coming out of people's paychecks. And Bernie Sanders, for instance, he wants to tax people's income 70%. It's a lot of money, is it? And some people say, well, you know, Louis, he only wants to tax the rich. 70% of their income. Well, I don't see that written in stone anywhere, folks. And we all know for a fact that they promised people the world with Obamacare. Obama himself said a zillion times, because he loved to hear himself talk. Still does. He said a billion times, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. Well, that didn't happen, folks. That was a lie. Nobody's dragging his feet to the fire over that either. And they should. They should hold all the Democrats responsible. They should hold the Republicans responsible because Nancy Pelosi said we have to pass Obamacare before we can read Obamacare and know what's in it. That's like the most asinine thing I've ever heard in my life. And the Republicans didn't come forward and say, hey, we need time to read Obamacare. But they didn't. And neither did the Democrats. They just voted and they passed it. And if it was so darn great, Obamacare, why did Bernie Sanders and his crony politicians vote to exempt themselves from Obamacare. They want to shove it down your throat unconstitutionally. And then they turned right around and exempted them from it. Politicians would do the same exact thing with Medicare for all. They would force everybody into Medicare, which any senior citizen that has it can tell you it stinks 
doesn't pay for hardly anything. Doctors don't want to accept it. You have to get supplementary insurance to compensate for how bad it is. But like Kamala Harris and the rest say, there will be no other insurance to compensate for how bad it is. It will be, oh, I mean, I'm going to say Obamacare. It's going to be basically the same thing because everybody was being shoved on to Medicare and Obama was in office too. They called it Obamacare, but it's basically Medicare for all. But this is just going to continue it, folks, to everybody. Everybody in the United States will be forced into Medicare for all, and there will be no other plans to supplement it. And the Democrats are all on board with this. But like I said, they will immediately vote to exempt themselves because they all have the Cadillac plan as it's referred to. Everything is paid for 100%. They never see a bill for anything. That's not right, folks. Something definitely wrong with that. But a lot of people are scared of life. They're getting out of high school. If they're fortunate enough to go to college, then they get out of college and they've got an outrageous bill over their head, maybe $50,000 or $100,000. They don't know if they're even going to get a job. They don't know if they're able to move out of their parents' house. They don't know if they're lucky to stay at their parents' house. They don't know if they'll be homeless. People just don't know anymore. They're all scared. And that's why socialism is looking good to people. Because even Bernie Sanders said in an interview, if you have to stand in line to get food handed out to you by the government, he says that's a good thing. Well, that's exactly what's going on in Venezuela now, folks. But... Bernie Sanders and the Democrats won't discuss it. And they should be forced to discuss it. Because the money's worthless over in Venezuela. There's no food in the stores. People are literally starving to death. And people should be forcing the Democrats to discuss it. Because that's what they want for the United States of America, folks. They want people standing in bread lines all day to get a loaf of bread or maybe a gallon of milk. They want you to be reliant on the government. Scary, isn't it? Most definitely is. So, the first hour of the show is done. Now we're starting the second hour of the Louis Live show and where do we go from there? This article right here is about a person named Stephen Burgoyne, right? Got pulled over by the police in Vermont. And then, I guess he beat up the cop. He got in a cop car. This was like in Williston or Richmond, I believe. Got in the cop car and started driving towards Burlington on the wrong side of the highway. 
And then he turned around and he came back. And he slammed into a vehicle full of kids and killed them all. Right? And he's finally being convicted. It's been going on since 2016. About three years now. It says, We now know the man convicted of killing five teenagers in a 2016 wrong way crash on a highway will spend most of his life in prison. Stephen Burgoyne was sentenced to 30 years to life in prison. Vermont Superior Court Judge Kevin Griffin handed the sentence this past Monday after testimony from families of the victims and other impacted in the 2016 crashes. But while the judge handed the sentence down, the case isn't over yet. Go figure, huh? Bob Cadams, the defense attorney, says the plan to file an appeal, which is an automatic appeal, to the Vermont Supreme Court. Why would anyone even want to defend this guy to begin with? He slammed into a car and killed five young people in a police car, of all things. You know, why are tax dollars even being wasted and expressly to appeal this to the Supreme Court? It's like I say, folks, a lot of times it's not so much the criminals that are evil. It's the lawyers that defend them and the judges that let them go. Something definitely needs to be done about that, wouldn't you think? He cites a mistrial that was denied halfway through the case regarding undisclosed evidence, along with the issue of the court meeting with a jury afterwards. Who cares, right? He killed five people, ran into them with a police car. The Supreme Court will be looking at the actual trial. There may be some limited issues with regard to the actual sentencing with regard to the trial. We feel we have some strong issues on appeal, and we will be filing a brief for the Supreme Court in the near future with regard to those, said his attorney, Bob Katims. He says he will not be handling the case in Supreme Court. Instead, the Defender General's office will. Wow, what a waste of tax dollars, isn't it? So then you got this other article right here. Two children are dead after a stolen police cruiser crashes into Dayton, Ohio, with one dozen people injured. Very similar, would you say? Could that be referred to as a copycat case? sure that you could argue that case. This person copycatted him. It says, Dayton police say at least two children are dead and ten others are in a hospital after a stabbing suspect stole a Riverside police cruiser and crashed into several other cars near the Dayton Metro Library. Very similar. Dayton police say at least one person is dead and 10 others are in the hospital after a stabbing suspect stole a Riverside police cruiser and crashed into several other cars. It's insane, isn't it? 
the first guy got 30 years to life. And they were originally talking about giving him 30 years to life for each of the five people that he killed. But they didn't give him that. And he's not satisfied with the 30 years to life. It's going through an automatic appeal process. And they're looking to take it to the Supreme Court. Right here in a little old Vermont. Two officers were treated for minor injuries. The suspect jumped from the wrecked cruiser and ran away. And he was later arrested and treated for injuries. Police received calls about the incident at 7.14 p.m. after reports of a crash at Airway Road. Isn't that insane, folks? And this person here will have an evil attorney representing him at taxpayer's expense. And regardless of the outcome, I'm sure they will be going through an automatic appeal process and looking to take it in front of the Supreme Court also. Waste of tax dollars, folks. And regardless of what these guys definitely get in the end, life in prison. So, this guy's not that old. He could be spending the next 30 years or more in prison, sleeping in a nice warm bed, getting three healthy meals a day, right? getting all of his medical and dental provided to him at taxpayer's expense. They're even going to educate him at taxpayer expense. And a lot of these guys become jailhouse lawyers, as they're called. And they'll be looking for a loophole so he could walk out the door of that prison someday. And we, the taxpayers, will have provided the both of them. All of that. At our expense. What do these victims get? They don't get anything, folks. Myself, personally, I think they should bring back the death penalty. President Trump is putting that law back into effect. I don't see any point in having these two mass murderers sleeping in a nice bed every night for the next 30 or 40 years at taxpayers' expense. That would come up to a lot of money. That's money that we could put back into the community. We see these articles about how children are going to school. They can't afford to pay for lunch. Maybe we could take the money that we would be spending on these two guys alone for the next 30 years or so in prison. We could take that money instead of providing for them, provide meals for these children to go to school and have some food in their stomach and be able to focus on their education. That's just one, for instance, of things we could do with that money.
It's a crazy world, folks. If you look at all the people that are in prison, murderers, rapists, pedophiles, you look at all the billions and billions of dollars we're spending on these people when we could be spending that money on housing. There's not enough housing, affordable housing. But we could be taking that money that we would be spending on murderers, rapists, and pedophiles. And we could be building affordable housing. So I saw this article right here. It says that the city of Burlington is getting 50 new apartments. 50. A whopping 50 new apartments by the year 2021. Almost a couple years from now, folks. It says 50 new apartments are coming to downtown Burlington. The apartments, both market rate and affordable, will be available in studio one-bedroom and two-bedroom versions in a partnership between People's United Bank and Doug Dettle Real Estate. The Burlington Free Press reports the bank sold its 95,000-square-foot building at the corner of Bank and Pine Streets to Nettle for an undisclosed amount. The city assesses the value of the building at $5.9 million. Nettle said he didn't know yet what the rents would be for the apartments. I'm sure that they're not really going to be affordable. Because pretty much everything that they build is not affordable. The People's United Bank will keep its Vermont headquarters in the northern section of the building. And Nettle said construction will start next spring and be completed by the year 2021. Well, that's a good thing, folks. 50 units. I doubt if they're going to be affordable. Not to the average person. So, according to the law, so many of those 50 units will be subsidized by taxpayer dollars. And that's how they make themselves feel good at night, folks, when they go to bed. They'll be like, well, I built 50 units. But the average rent is $2,000 a month. Some of those units are subsidized. So low-income people can live there. And I'm feeling pretty good about that. And maybe at Thanksgiving time, I'll go down to the food bank and I'll work a couple hours to make myself feel better. Or maybe I'll hand out some turkey dinners 
at the charity dinner, right? It's what people do, folks, to ease their conscience. But they're building a lot of housing around Burlington. A lot of them seem like they're one-bedroom units. I heard one real estate developer saying he's going to be building some properties on Shelburne Road, one-bedroom units, because he says that seems to be the trend in Burlington. Well, maybe so. But a lot of these real estate agents nowadays, they don't just handle real estate units to buy. They also handle rental units. And what they're doing now is they're averaging out square footage for rental units. And they'll say, well, on the national average, the average square foot of a rental unit is, let's say, for instance, $2.50. So they're driving up the price of rental units across the nation, folks. So whether you're in Vermont, Tennessee, Indiana, California, you can just figure that the price of rents are going to be $2.50 a square foot on the average. That's what it's coming to. So it's not going to matter where you move to, folks, because there's going to be no escape. And if you can't afford these rents, see what's happening across the country? People are homeless. You'll be forced out of your rental unit, and you'll be living in the street just like they're doing throughout the United States amongst all of the people who can't deal with reality. They turn into drugs, alcohol. They're living on handouts. It's really sad, folks. Can't go to the bathroom anywhere. A lot of these restaurants and stores, they won't let you use the restroom unless you buy something. So people are forced to go to the bathroom right in the middle of the street, right in broad daylight. There's human waste all over the streets. That's one of the things that's causing all of these diseases. You know, it shows there are literally, literally, literally rats living on the streets amongst these people. And a lot of these rats are spreading these diseases like tuberculosis and typhoid and measles and whatnot. Like I said, a lot of these diseases are coming back across the border through immigrants, whether they're legal or illegal, who haven't had their vaccination shots. So, if you're in this country, folks, here legally or illegally, the state of Vermont, for instance, is a sanctuary state. So is in California, New York, and other states. You can go to a clinic. 
and get your vaccination shots. And they're not going to turn you in because you're living in sanctuary cities and states throughout our great country. So at least think of others. You don't need to be spreading these deadly diseases. All you bleeding heart liberals out there hiring these illegal immigrants. Take some of your profits because you're making a lot of profits by paying people non-livable wages and no benefits. All you greedy business people out there listening, take some of your profits you're making off of these illegal immigrants and take them down to a clinic and for the sake of national security, including your family, your parents, your children, your babies, for God's sake, take them to a clinic and get them their vaccination shots. It's the least you can do. So, let's go to a song. What should we play? Let's kick in this Friday night with a little ACDC. One of my favorite songs called Let There Be Rock. And once again, you're tuned in to Louie Live. I'm your host, Louie. And we are definitely live. And you're going to need a loud stereo to turn this one up, folks. Here we go.
was Mr. Bon Scott and ACDC, one of the greatest bands that ever was. And after that song, I think I just lost part of my hearing. <laughs> it's like I say, it's not about how loud the music is, it's about the clarity of it. It's almost like you're sitting right in the front row at a concert. That's what you want, folks. Not so much the loudness, but the clarity. Where do you go from there? Well, let's see. We'll jump back over here to something local. This article says, uh, Good Times Gallery owner pleads guilty to drug and gun conspiracy charges. Imagine that, folks. This store is right across the street from City Hall Park on Church Street in Burlington. And I've said a million times, you've all heard me saying, this is not a good thing to be having right across the street from City Hall Park in Burlington, Vermont, folks. I've said it a million times, you've heard me. This is where it's at. A Burlington business owner has pleaded guilty in federal court to drug conspiracy and gun charges stemming from his arrest this past January. Derek Spillman, According to federal court documents, Derek Spillman accepted a plea agreement this past Monday to charges including knowingly and willfully conspiring to distribute marijuana, illegal possession of a firearm, and conspiracy to corrupt, influence, or impede an official proceeding. So Spillman must pay $50,000 to the U.S. government as part of the agreement. Kind of like paying off a bribe to the government. Now, the way it used to be was, if you're like selling drugs, they come in and they confiscate all your assets. That could be a good thing. But from this article, it doesn't say anywhere is that they went in and seized his assets. A lot of people are arguing that, well, you know, marijuana is somewhat legal in Vermont now but you can't sell it but someday you will be able to because they're working on it and all the states are working on it that's how the government is going to suck the taxes out of your wallet because like I said in Vermont the government's the largest employer has been for quite a while there's not enough people in Vermont to tax to pay for their exuberant salaries and benefit packages. There's only about 600,000 or so people in Vermont. We can't afford the government anymore. A lot of cities and states are dealing with the same situation. It's bad enough you can't afford their salaries and benefits. It's their retirement packages that are killing us. So what do they have to do? They have to legalize marijuana to suck more money out of your wallet to go into their salaries and benefit packages and pensions. I've said that a billion times too, folks. And like I say, don't believe me. Go to your city hall, get a copy of your budget, and you will see that all the departments, city departments of fire, water, police department, street department, 
they're all spending over 90% of their budgets on their own salaries and benefits. You couldn't run a business that way, folks, because you'd be bankrupt in no time. So how are they going to compensate for that? They're going to legalize marijuana, which they're doing, but you can't sell it yet. In California, there's a pot store on every corner. You can go in there and buy different kinds of pot. You can buy all these edibles, like chocolate bars and cookies and suckers and whatnot. Some of those are dangerous because people eat too much of it. They end up in an emergency room. Children see a chocolate bar. They don't know there's marijuana in it. They eat it. They end up in an emergency room. People's pets get a hold of it. They eat it. End up in an emergency room. Seems to be how it goes, right, folks? So why would you want to legalize that? Plus, you're paying a whole lot more for marijuana than as if you would just go and buy it off of somebody in a back alley somewhere. But it says right here, Spillman was arrested in January after Burlington police received complaints about the Church Street business, Good Times Gallery. According to court documents, a neighboring business owner complained that they saw high school-age kids leaving with marijuana. Another complaint in October was from a mother who said her juvenile daughter bought marijuana edibles from Good Times Gallery and was sick after she and a friend ate a whole bag. That could have been fatal, right? Thank God it wasn't. It says the marijuana accusations were just the first of Spillman's legal troubles. He was also accused of intimidating a witness in the case, allegedly smearing feces, human waste, right, on the front door of their neighboring business. Now, how nasty is that, huh? says, according to court documents, Spillman was also accused of putting signs in his window display at good times that claimed the witness has a criminal record. A federal criminal complaint then alleges Spillman's mother, Donna Mayer, and his nephew, Derek Avils, tried to mislead investigators about the feces smearing on their neighbor's door, apparently meeting with a witness to convince them to take the blame. Court records show a plea agreement, mayor as well. She is due back in court on September 30th for a change of plea hearing. Avils, the nephew, accepted a plea agreement in July to plead guilty conspiracy to corrupt influence and impede an official proceeding. His sentencing here is set for November 15th. You know, folks, and then there's the business on the corner of Battery and Pearl Street called Riding High. And this guy just got busted for selling marijuana out of his business. 
and the documents say that this guy had a criminal background also and he was witnessed selling marijuana to somebody in his store riding high in front of his probation officer can you believe that selling marijuana drugs in front of his probation officer is this guy like totally stupid is he totally high and out of his mind or is he just like has a criminal background and just doesn't even care or all of the above I'm kind of guessing all of the above myself folks but did this guy's assets get seized no it didn't and it's still going through court proceedings and I drove by the other day and the business is still open right still open for business the guy's still walking the streets so what does that tell you the law is messed up this guy the last time around didn't even care about selling drugs in front of his probation officer for Pete's sake so he's out on the street still still has his business which is open for business so do you think that he is in there at this moment selling drugs chances are pretty likely wouldn't you think I mean if the guy the last time around was witness selling drugs in front of his probation officer I'm sure that he's still in there probably selling drugs until he goes back to court should have seized the assets of both of these stores and kept these guys right in jail where they belong you know whether selling the marijuana is legal yet it's still an illegal offense to be selling it and I don't care who you are or what you think the law is the law right now I don't know folks it's like I say it's all about taxes it's all about supporting the government and its employees it's all about taking care of them and their pensions and this is the proof couldn't be anything otherwise could it like I say it's an evil world and the politicians and the lawyers are obviously representing evil you know you can look on YouTube and you can see videos of Nancy Pelosi's grandfather and stuff smuggling hardcore drugs across the borders it's kind of odd how uh, Nancy Pelosi is like a representative of the state of California and her nephew is the governor you know, how did this guy become the governor of California? Definitely had uh, Nancy Pelosi pulling some strings for him, wouldn't you think? Definitely was funded and is still being funded by the crime world. 
when politicians are putting illegal immigrants before their constituents, it's time to clean up the Attorney General's office. It's time to clean up the FBI. It's time to clean up the DOJ and every other law enforcement office in the United States. It's time to get some good people in there to clean this country up because it's getting to a tipping point. I'm afraid that it might not ever turn around. If it wasn't for Donald Trump, if Hillary would have got reelected, would have got elected, she wanted to drop the borders. Let anybody from around the world just walk right into the United States. And like they always say, it only takes one terrorist to get across the border and do some total damage to the United States. And I'm sure there's a lot of terrorists that have crossed that border. And they're all working diligently to ruin the United States of America. And we all know that for a fact. And when I see public officials breaking their oath of office, denying ICE agents access to these people who are here illegally, the Supreme Court needs to step in, folks, immediately and remove these dictator politicians from office for the sake of national security. And I'll tell you what's going to happen, and you heard it here. When Ruth Gingberg leaves the Supreme Court, another conservative is going to be voted into the Supreme Court. And it's going to be like six to three conservatives against liberals sitting on a Supreme Court. And then the Supreme Court is going to step in, just like they did with gay marriage under Obama and his administration. The Supreme Court stepped in and made gay marriage legal across the land. And that's the power of the Supreme Court. But this time around, they're going to use the power of the Supreme Court to do away with sanctuary cities and states. And they're going to remove these dictator politicians from office and start prosecuting them for treason. Most definitely. You can remember where you heard that first, folks. And that's a promise. And speaking of which, we're going to go to a song from Depeche Mode called The Promise. Once again, you're tuned into Louie Live and your host, Louie, and we are definitely live. And I hope you're enjoying the show so far.
mode with a song called The Promise. It's a nice tune. I'm surprised that uh, Michael Bolton never redid that song. It'd be something that would be like right up his alley, don't you think? So, where do we go from here? We've got about 10 minutes left in the show. My good friend Jerome P. Alimony, founder of North Star Radio. He won't be doing a live show tonight, but he's doing a recorded version and I'll set that up for him and kick it in. I encourage everybody to stick around and listen to him every Friday from 8 to 10. Very talented young man, rapper. He's got his buddies that come into the studio with him, and they're all sitting here rapping, and the walls are bouncing, and they're all having a good time. Good people. My good friend, Jerome P. Alimony, a.k.a. The Peanut. <laughs> He's got a big Mr. Peanut tattooed on his shoulder. It's pretty cool. All right, so where do we go from there? Let's kick over to the President Donald Trump. He says, President Donald Trump's longtime bank revealed this past Tuesday that it has tax records Congress is seeking in its investigation of the president's finances, <clears throat> which was proven to be a lie. And the reporter from CNN had to walk this article back and apologize to the president and his family. But according to Trump's family, they're tired of these bozos over at CNN and the evil media making up lies about them. Just like Dan Rather and his people did at CBS Network. Remember that, folks? 
You know, whenever there is a Republican office, and myself personally, I've always been an independent, but I get really tired of seeing this. You know, the Democrats can do no wrong. Nobody ever says a word. Everybody's kissing Obama's butt on all the channels, right? That's a fact. We all know it. But whenever there's a Republican office, from the very first day, they spend the entire four years looking for dirt to impeach this guy, right? It's a fact. George W. Bush, he got reelected the second time because the Democrats liked the way the economy was booming. And they are the ones that went into the voting booths and re-elected George W. Bush back into office. It's only common sense. But yet, they stood in the streets every day for the second term of his presidential election, right? For four years, they stood in the streets of Burlington with signs saying they wanted him impeached. They wanted him imprisoned for being a war criminal. And on and on and on. And now there's another Republican office, President Donald Trump. And before he even stepped foot in the office, folks, they were promising to impeach him. You know, the guy didn't even step foot into the office. You know, they are not telling their constituents that whether we like this guy or not, we're going to work across the aisle to represent you. We're going to figure out a way to work together to make the United States a better place for all of us. All of us, folks. They don't say that. From day one, they are promising to impeach the Republican president. Like I said, folks, if our founding fathers were here today, they would take every one of these Democrats out onto the lawn of the White House and hang them all by the necks for treason. They wouldn't even waste a bullet on them in front of the firing squad. Nothing ever changes with the Democrats, folks. You know, they want to take away your guns, right? They can take away your knives. But as we saw what happened to Jeffrey Epstein in prison, they went right in there and hung him by the neck. Just like their preferred method of killing when the Democrats founded the Ku Klux Klan. That's their preferred method of killing, hanging someone by the neck. To this very day. That's how they did in Jeffrey Epstein. Supposedly, you know, the guy... According to the autopsy, he had several bones broken in his neck, which they say was from strangulation. But that's all swept under the rug too, folks. But like I was saying, according to this article, Trump has long declined to release his tax returns and wants to block two House committees from getting the records, calling their document request unlawful which it is. Nobody has a right to reveal your tax documents. 
I don't want anybody revealing my tax documents. It's nobody's business. I file my taxes according to the law. Whatever is on there is between me and Uncle Sam. Nobody has a right to reveal your taxes. It's unconstitutional. But like I say, this Deutsche Bank in this article, you can turn on any news channel and they'll tell you it's a lie. The reporter from CNN News sat right there on CNN News apologizing for making up this lie. And the Trump family is still going to sue them. And I say good for them. If somebody is guilty of something, then let them go through the legal process. Let them sit before a judge and a jury. And if they're prosecuted and put in prison, then so be as it. That's the law of the land. But to make up lies like this, to try to prosecute somebody, and it's the same way as I said, Dan Rather, the head anchor of CBS News, and his producers and staff did. Totally wrong, folks. And they all got busted for it. Dan Rather's career went down in flames. And I say good for him. He should have been prosecuted for making up lies like that, trying to unseat the President of the United States once again. That's what's going to be happening soon, folks. The investigators are investigating the investigators, right? They're tightening the noose. And James Comey, as arrogant as he is, he's on television asking for an apology. He himself signed the bottom of three or four of those Pfizer, phony Pfizer documents, right? He signed off on three of the four phony Pfizer documents. That's where they're going to bust him. And then all this other BS that he thinks he just got away with for leaking information, they're going to add that to it. And they're going to bury him and his friends deep. So having said all of that, I'm going to let you go. And I'll see you back here next Friday. And we encourage you to come down to the station starting at 5.30 to 10. And you can... Come in and experience part of my show and say hi to everybody. We'll set you up with a microphone. You can meet some of the DJs that do their shows here. You can have some snacks. You can view all of the artwork. And hopefully we'll get you involved with the station and make you want to be a part of it. And we'll teach you all of this stuff. And you don't have to go to college, right? So I'm going to let you go. And I want you to stick around and listen to my friend Jerome P. Alimony from 8 to 10. I'm going to leave you with some Lincoln Park with one step closer. Have a good holiday, folks. Bye. <laughs>